0: Welcome, our fellow lovers of love, and thank you for joining us on yet another excursion through the stream of consciousness, down the
1: river of tranquility, to fill the lake of life with love.
2: And good evening, our fellow lovers of love out there, Ooh, it is a another night of... Oh, I don't know. I'm in a weird mood tonight, so this is gonna be a strange show.
0: Okay. <laughs> I like strange shows. Well,
2: Lovey likes it when I never know what's coming out my mouth. It's been a it's been a chaotic week this week, as I suppose is kind of Yeah. It's, you know, there's some emotional highs and emotional lows kind of at the same time in the, wrapped around the same event. So, you know these things happen in life though right I mean what do you do You just kind of manage as you uh plow through you know maybe next week we'll be ready to kind of talk about details but this week it's not not the proper time so but it is uh mental health awareness month or it's it's phrased strangely isn't it the the actual phrasing of this month anyway it's a month where you focus on your mental and emotional health. And we, you know, for those of us who, for those of you who have been around us for a little while, you know, that's a big thing. We both had our own, had, have our own journeys. Have our
0: own journeys, have yes. Have They're ongoing.
2: Journey. Yeah, they never really do end. And so we want to know if you're in a place where you're unsure about your mental or emotional state, you know, you would, we'd much rather have you reach out. Is that it? Yeah. We'd much rather, have the, Rather have you reach out early rather than late. So you know one of the easiest resources to access is mentalhealthhotline.org, one eight six six nine zero three three seven eight seven, and they will be uh, you know, they're happy to talk to you and point you towards some resources to get the help that you need. Because I am a big fan of therapy and help when you need it. There's you know sometimes the strongest thing you can do is to ask for help. Yeah.
0: that that phone can weigh a thousand pounds but you got to pick it up make that phone call that counselor that first step is the hardest yeah
2: you know that's real strength is asking for help when you need it you know it's not that you need help where everybody needs help at some point or another right it, it, that's the that's the story of humanity and so it's you know it takes strength to push through whatever it is. I don't even know what it is. People call it society and social pressures. I don't think it's necessarily society and social pressures. It's something innate in humanity to want to do things on their own. And eh, try to fight against it. Hopefully we, you know, reach out for resources, reach out for those who love you. And they will be there. You know, it doesn't have to be blood family. It can be friends. But anybody who cares about you will be there for you. All right. So, oops, wrong one. Oh, wrong one. One well, of these days I'm going to hit this right button here, Levy. Oh, good Lord. There we go. That's there it nice. is. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually the right one. All right. <laughs> I'm sitting here clicking buttons like I know what I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> so, in... Uh, I don't know what to say, celebration of mental health, where in, uh, in recognition of mental health awareness, we are going to discuss. We've got three major, yeah, the three most common mental health disorders in America. And so we got, what are those anxiety well, disorders?
0: Well, the first one is anxiety disorder, then major depressive disorder, and bipolar disorder. Now, the anxiety disorder, um, it is highly treatable, but only about 30% of those affected actually receive treatment.
2: Yeah, and it's it's also diagnosed with both depression, and I know for me, they were treating depression when they should have been treating anxiety. And it's, it's when I stopped treating depression and started treating anxiety it's when I actually made the difference. And, you know, it's hard to know know which one's leading the other sometimes so it's a difficult call but you know they are both and so you know you're misdiagnosed so that uh, these are these are difficult things but you're not alone people feel it all the time yeah deal with it all the time
0: then we have major depressive depression and it's the leading cause of disability for Americans age
2: 15 to 44.
0: And it's more prevalent in women than in men.
2: And then we have bipolar disorder, which is what the lobby here deals with. And so it's those highs and lows, the bounces between, you yeah. know,
0: manic episodes. And and then it, it you as far as far up as I go is how far down I will crash
2: in the depression afterward. Yeah, and so it's it's that highs and lows that you try to manage, you keep the highs low and the lows high.
0: High, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the where high. they're manageable. Yeah.
2: yeah, you keep the highs low and the lows high, and it becomes somewhat more manageable. So I think that's part of what you want to do. Is over time, as you you learn yourself, you start to understand yourself, and you learn how to manage yourself. You know what you have to do, and then you get the skills. You teach yourself the skills to uh, to actually accomplish those that that goal. So, all right. So let's go. How to help a friend who has a panic attack? Is that one we're gonna, gonna yes. go? Yes.
0: Now, what this looks like is racing heart or palpitations, sweating, shortness of breath, or feeling like they're choking, dizziness, trembling, or shaking, numbness or a tingling sensation, hot and cold flashes, fear of dying or losing control, queasy stomach or nausea, feeling detached from oneself. In one surroundings, Yeah. That's, that's a hard place to be.
2: Yeah, and they can be triggered by events or some other stress. But there can also times where you can have a panic attack for no discernible reason. It just kind of comes at you out of the blue. And those are the most annoying. Because at least if there's a trigger or, 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 or an event or some kind of stressor, you can at least, you know, logic your way through it. At the time, but when it's just some random thing, it's really annoying. Just want to point that out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what, what was that? Going to get a burger, yeah, and going I'm to, gonna
2: die. Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> I get hamburgers all the time. What the hell is wrong with you? What's so different about this time? It's not even crowded. I'm mean, by myself. <laughs> What do you want? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, just, it's insane, but it, you know, it is. It, it, if it made sense, it wouldn't be called a disorder. So that's kind of how I look at these things. Yeah. Okay. So how do you um, help somebody? Keep well, it.
0: first you have to keep your cool. Your friend is in fight or flight, so gotta speak to them
2: calmly.
0: And don't take anything
2: personally. Yeah, they're they're misinterpreting the world. So it, it's a it's a thing. And, you know, if they've had a panic attack before, they'll know how you can help them. You can actually ask. You know, they'll probably be aware of it. And if they're not, as soon as someone points it out, they'll be aware of it and they'll tell you how to help. You know, oftentimes it's just getting to a quieter location. Hey, let's get out of here and let's go sit someplace quiet. <laughs> you know, that's often the... The one of the best steps. If you don't know what to do, find someplace quiet. The less input they have, the better off they are. The less things for them to have to interpret, the better off it is. So you can find someplace quiet. You know, out the way, quiet. It's probably the best it's possible, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Okay. You focus on taking action. Uh, First, we're going to focus on the breath and get them to do some controlled, slow breathing. And you can do this with them. That helps.
2: Yeah, just become, you know, how about this? Do unto others or have others do unto you. You know, if you were having the same situation, you kind of fall back to that, you know, what you would want someone to do for you. And maybe even be a little kinder than you'd be to yourself. That's probably a good, <laughs> it's probably a good rule of, um, yeah. You know, and don't dismiss their stress, right? Don't dismiss. It says validate their distress, but it, I, I don't like the idea of validating it, but don't dismiss it. It's real. It's real to them, but you don't have to make it real to you. So you don't necessarily have to validate it, but it's real to them and understand that. It's real to them. It's how they're interpreting the world. And no matter how much you say, it's not really what's going on. It's not going to change their interpretation. If it made sense, it wouldn't be called a disorder, right? So that's. Uh, and then here's the one, the other thing. If you happen to be like in a relationship with your spouse or somebody who has these kind of panic attacks or anxiety disorders, make sure you take care of yourself and your own emotional well beings. You know. Yes. You know these things are two-way streets, and when they're having good days, they'll be there to take care of you. I mean, our biggest danger isn't when one of us is having a bad day. It's when both of us, the rare occasion. when The rare <laughs> occasion we both have a bad day. And we have a strategy for that. We're just off of the sides of the house, and we just kind of put, put, pass past in the night. You know, and, 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 Hi, yeah. hon. How you doing?
0: <laughs> Smoke a joint together. Bye-bye. See you later. Talk to you in an hour. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, and we know it's fine because in 24, 36 hours, whatever it is, it'll, it'll go Everything back. Everything
0: will be back to normal.
2: Everything will be back to normal. It, it is what it is. We just, are
0: allowed to have bad days. Yeah,
2: and we are allowed to have them on occasion on the same one on the same day. I mean, it's just
0: well, I mean, relationship. A relationship <laughs> has bad days.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's it just
0: hard hard days.
2: Hard day. It just is. You know, it wouldn't be humanity if it didn't. Yes. And so you know, be kind and loving to those to those who you love. Especially when you're having a hard day. As different way as it is. So which one do you want to go to? You wanna to talk to about depression, bipolar? Or you wanna talk about therapist? Which one? Um
0: um We got
2: like twenty minutes still, so we're good. So what do you want to do?
0: Understanding clinical depression.
2: I don't have understanding clinical Oh, five ways to help someone with depression? Yes. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right.
0: Well the thing about depression depression is for me it was a it part of uh, of my bipolar and I was treated for 10 years for depression, not bipolar. I actually got frustrated and went into the library and I found a psychology book and I compared the symptoms to depression and I was looking around looking around there like it often gets, misdiagnosed with bipolar oh really well let's check out the symptom of bipolar shazam there it was so i went and talked to my doctor uh could you uh evaluate me for uh, bipolar
2: <laughs> <laughs> could you
0: so i kind of sort of diagnosed myself
2: well that's the strange thing you have to be the advocate for yourself right you can't just Blindly trust, especially if it's not working. I suppose you can blindly trust them at first. You know, you come in, you're you're suffering. The doctor says, "Well, oh, let's try this," but you have to understand they're trying things, right? They don't know for sure.
0: They can't do a blood test of your uh, or a chemical test of your brain and no, yet yeah. and know what exactly to diagnose you, where your imbalance is.
2: Yeah, and so they're they're working off of. You know, imperfect receptacle. You try to explain what you are going through and what you are dealing with, and as, you know that's as much as a flaw in the process as anything else, right? They have to hear it, so everybody's misinterpreting things, and they're busy. They've got ten, you know, patients: one who's dying, one who's being born. You know, you know who knows, and it's, <laughs> it's and so it's a hard thing, and so you have to be willing to look for yourself and say, okay, does this make sense for me? Yeah. because I knew at some point that I'd that treating depression wasn't working so we had, I had to do something different didn't know it was anxiety but I knew it was, had to be something different so so you know that's the thing it's understanding yourself yeah.
0: but for the clinical depression um, I remember feeling that everything was so awful I was so awful that I was a burden and that it was actually nothing was ever going to get better. And suicide became an option.
2: Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was suicide was never an option. So that was one of those things where, okay, I don't get that. You know, it was never a thing for me. And so mine was just anxiety. But it is. You get what the what do they call it from a psychologist from a book from Aaron Beck from his book A Cognitive Triad, and you can find links to all this on our website, LateNightLove.us. Um, you develop a negative view of yourself, the "I am worthless" view. Then you've got the "No one cares about me" view of yourself. The,
0: negative view of the
2: world. Right. So mm-hmm. even even despite evidence that the people around you care about you, you just you just you know just they're just being nice. You know they don't really care. And then, then you get the things will only get worse. No matter what you do, things only get worse.
0: I actually thought that my family would be better off
2: without me. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's
0: distorted
2: thinking. Yeah. Now there are times where you may be better off without your family, (laughs) but that's a different thing. (laughs) Right. These people are toxic. I don't want nothing to do with them. I'm out of here. Right. That's perfectly rational that's rational thinking right you know i'm toxic they'd be better off without me it Is it's not rational thinking hey i'm toxic i need to change and work on myself and become the human being i want to be that's rational thinking right so it's the extreme you know it's the bouncing to the extreme that's that's the irrational thinking yes because you can always work on yourself and even if working on yourself means changing your interpretation of how you interpret the world, I know there was a a point where I didn't trust myself. Where you get to this, where I, there was times where I didn't trust myself, so I put faith in those people who you know who cared about me. Okay, you know, I don't trust in myself, but they believed in me. So all right, I'm going to work off of their faith for a little while, and surprisingly enough, it kind of works. <laughs> If you don't trust yourself, trust the people you trust. They say you can do it. Well, all right. I don't trust me. But they say, so I'm going to give it the good old college try and give it the real effort. And we're going to see what happens. And sometimes it's years later when it pays off. It may not be. And that's part of the other hard thing. It may not be an immediate payoff. You want to pay off in a week. But that's not how these things work sometimes. You know, sometimes things have to get worse before they can get better because you have to clear out. Of the trash and the drunk, and all the baggage you've been carrying around, and that's a lot of work and effort and creates a big mess. But at the end of the day, well, you know, a few years later, you're a whole different person, you've got you've built a whole new life for yourself, and you look around, you don't realize how you've done it. And so, you know, just keep plugging away,
0: there's a ton.
2: And if you need it to do it an hour at a time, do it an hour at a time. If you do need to do it at 10 minutes at a time, do it 10 minutes at a time. You know, get through the next 10 minutes. Get to bedtime. (laughs) You know, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Get to lunchtime.
0: I have little milestones set in my day. Noon is a
2: celebration. (laughs) We made
0: it to noon. It's downhill after this.
2: See, there you go. There's ways to do it. Just give yourself something to celebrate, you know, because it is it, when when getting out of bed is hard. Celebrate getting out of bed. You know, that's a victory. That's a freaking victory.
0: I still find it hard to change my clothes. <laughs> it's an, an effort, and I celebrate. I'm
2: dressed. Yay. Hey. <laughs> hey man, if it's hard and you do it anyway, give yourself a pat on the back, you know, don't, don't go. Oh, it's so hard to want to do these things. And uh, I do it. You trudge through it and you beat yourself up because it was hard. No, pat yourself on the back for doing it anyway. That's-
0: <laughs> well, this is an improvement because I used to spend uh, literally days in my pajamas. Yeah. See,
2: so that's what I mean. And, so celebrating the, the victory of, yay, I put on real clothes today. If putting on real clothes is a chore and, and difficult to do, then celebrate the fact that you willed yourself to do it. I don't
0: know why it is, but it just is, and I deal with it.
2: Just sort of made sense. They wouldn't be called as <laughs> <laughs> You know, some of these things, stop trying to make sense of them. Just accept them, and, you know. And give yourself a pat on the back for overcoming, overcoming them, because you overcome what you perceive to be small obstacles, and you overcome enough of them, you've climbed the mountain. Yes. So, okay, where are we at?
0: What you can do to help? Okay. For someone with depression, get them, in, encourage them to get professional help. Uh-huh. Uh, unless you're a counselor. You know, they're going to be out of your league.
2: Yeah. And you can start by calling mentalhealthhotline.org, 1-866-903-3787, you know, as a place to start. Just want to let you know, just keep that aware. Okay. What else we got?
0: Okay. Get them, help them get moving. Uh, I felt so stuck in anything new felt very scary. And so, you want to, uh, someone with depression, the first thing to do, uh, literally exercising, get out of the house. Just, even just one, uh, for me, I couldn't do more than one thing in a day for a while. Yeah,
2: well, then do one thing. And now, You've been walking a lot, and now look at look you're you're all happy with the progress you've been making going on your walks.
0: Oh, now I walk every day for about an hour. Yeah,
2: and before it used to be hard for you to walk.
0: I could barely make it around the block.
2: And so this is a but you know now
0: I roam all over the neighborhood.
2: And see, this is a good and this is the thing. It didn't happen in a day. It didn't happen in a week. It took months of you you know slowly working up your. Working up not just not just the ability, the physical ability to take a walk, but the emotional ability to do it. They the want to do it.
0: Well, when you every time you step outside the house, your brain tells you you're not going to make it back. It really takes an effort. <laughs> you know, you got to go. Okay, come on now. We're going to watch for cars. We'll be fine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the doom brain takes over, right? And you know. If you've got the doom brain going on, uh, then overcoming that doom brain is a is an accomplishment. You know, I think people should pat themselves on the back for doing that. I really do. Because I've done it. I've been there. We're going to the grocery store to get food for the kids for the day. It was a chore. It was one of the hardest things you've ever had to do in your life. Because, you know, don't know why. Couldn't explain it. Opening the front door to step outside was the worst thing in the world. And so you celebrate that, right? There's a strength to that. We've talked about it. If going to the store is hard, celebrate going to the store when you do it. It's an accomplishment. Pat yourself on the back.
0: Get a little treat, something you can have when you get home.
2: You know, don't beat yourself up because it was hard to do. Give yourself credit for doing it because it was hard. Yes. <laughs> that, that
0: Celebrate your victories.
2: And when you say, well, everybody else is doing it easy,
0: maybe not. No, you don't know
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's 30% of those people out there having anxiety disorders. They're no happier to be in the store than you are. But, <laughs> but yet they're doing it. And we should all be, you know, happy for them that they've managed to persevere despite what their body is telling them to do. So, you know, that's, it's validation and encouragement. That's the thing you're talking about, offer validation and encouragement. It's, that's it. Understand that it's hard. And, you know, you may not understand that it's hard because it's not hard for you, but understand that it's hard for them. You know? A uh, molehill, for one, is a man of horn for somebody else, right? And Yes. Yeah. So don't judge somebody else's journey. Okay, Foster your social support so you know rally your friends <laughs> you know and maybe it's maybe the trick isn't to go all over all at once maybe the trick is to trickle someone in each and every other day so they get a different dose of positivity every day or two
0: and that doesn't uh, it doesn't it's not so overwhelming yeah
2: yeah. yeah. So you know, check in on your friends who struggle. That's I think maybe that's yeah a big takeaway from this particular lesson is you know you can we can give you five lessons and five tips and we can do all that, but I think the biggest lesson I would give to everybody is you know you know who your friends are that can struggle sometimes, and even if you don't know if they're struggling, just reach out to say hello. You know, you never know when a simple expression of Friendly kindness, not even kindness, just, <laughs> just saying hello to a friend. It's not even an act of kindness. It's just saying hello to a friend. <laughs> just you never know what that can do for you, especially those who have tendencies to struggle. So maybe if you're someone who likes to help and likes to care for others, make a note, reach have, out once a month or something.
0: I have a friend who struggles with depression. And she cannot get out of the house. She has not been able to make it out. She She's trying. She's trying. But she hasn't been successful yet. So I go to her. Yeah. Yeah. And once a month we sit down and we smoke an enormous amount of <laughs> marijuana in one sitting and we play yassi right hey. and we gossip
2: you know hey you know and and even if she doesn't know it she knows that it's important to her that it's a valuable time for her
0: i know it is so
2: okay so what do we want we've got we're almost at the bottom of the hour so we want to cover one more of these we've got Help a friend with bipolar, which we can, you and I could just talk about that. We don't even need to click the link on that one. Educate
0: yourself, channel your compassion, but ditch some pity. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear I feel sorry for you.
2: Oh, so this, and now remember, this is, is, she's got the, she is bipolar. She has been dealing with this forever. And, you know, and sometimes well, and other times have not been successful. Well, it
0: it actually uh, manifested itself in my late 20s. But I didn't really get diagnosed until
2: my mid thirties. Which is actually fairly common, right? If if I remember my my you know, readings of articles, it's fairly common. Like the average is twenty five of when people get diagnosed. So and my guess is that's probably been dropping as as it's become awareness, has been rising. So but ditch the pity. So that's, love, as me we, we, was talking about, ditch the pity. She doesn't want to hear it.
0: <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I want to hear solutions. I don't want to hear, I feel sorry. For
2: you. I, but here, I'm going to give a little caveat to that. What? I don't mind an occasional pity party. Sometimes it's a necessary part of catharsis. I don't mind an occasional pity party.
0: Just well, <clears throat> I don't do the pity party, but a moment of, of, of God, this really
2: sucks so
0: yeah it really sucks okay what are we gonna do about it okay you
2: know yeah yeah i personally don't mind an occasional pity occasional pity party it can help you build you know create the floor that you can that you can then start building moving forward from so i don't necessarily mind an occasional pity party just don't live there you know it's not a place you want to stay sit there for 12 hours 24 hours whatever it is eat your ice cream (laughs) you know i don't know whatever you do for your pity party and move on you know and put it down okay that's enough and and you figure out where you got to go from here yeah and if you're like you you've been doing this a while and you know what to do and if you're someone who's early in that journey you got to go find out what you need to do for you so accept the lows and the highs
0: Except the lows and the highs. Yeah. Don't say calm down or cheer up. That's so condescending.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just like they can help it. Yeah. You know, like, because you know what a disorder is, right? <laughs> you morons.
0: Be understanding when they're less of a friend than you need. They may not be able to be there completely for you, but it doesn't mean they don't care.
2: And guess what, sunshine? You're always not the friend other people need. I'm <laughs> 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 just pointing this out. You know, life is a two way street, it'll come back the other way. Just give it some time. Okay.
0: Realize they do not bring this on themselves. Oh, God. That's a stage. The why did this happen to me? Thanks, God.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, it just, it, it did. So, encourage a healthy lifestyle. I think is the best one. Um, Another one. Listen. Listening is actually the greatest tool often because you don't know what to do. So the best thing to do is just shut up and and let them express themselves and, and just be there for them. You know? Yes. That's one of the best things you can actually do.
0: Okay. Don't get angry if your friend stops taking the medicine. But it doesn't mean that you don't address this situation.
2: Beth yeah. don't get angry because medicine comes with side effects, and sometimes you get medicine piled upon other medicines and piled upon other medicines, and they need to reset. You had to go into the hospital to reset your medicines.
0: I was on nine medications at one point, and we ha- we were reducing, and I went in at one time and then there was another time we did a change and I went in uh for a little while for a couple of days yeah and so there's and it's just a precaution that um because the that a, a severe low might hit or a manic for that matter and um you end up in the psych ward anyway you know and and this it's just preventative
2: and when you're going off medications you know strange things can happen just like when you're starting new medications strange things can happen there's always an adjustment period yeah and I think one of those times you're also in the middle of, of your you know, your life change your chemical life change
0: oh I was a menopause yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: that didn't help <laughs> so.
0: I was so much fun. <laughs>
2: And so yeah, you're fine. It's just but it was that witch's brew, right? You get all these things happening at the same time. And you know, it's not a failure. That's why that's why we have people to help. Yeah. You know, it's why it's a thing. You know, if you're if you sprained your ankle, would you not go to the a doctor or at least a medical trainer of some form of time to look at it and wrap it up? Or hell, nothing else, spray it with some ice. It's fine, get it back up there on the field, right? You you know, you at least ask someone for some advice. <laughs> you know, if your arm was hanging the wrong way. You'd probably go see a doctor. You know, it's, it's, it's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong about it. So it is in power. So. Okay. What's the last one? Don't give up on them.
0: Don't give up on them. Please, God. Keep yeah. those visits regular.
2: Yeah. Because, you know, you never know. And. You know, someday they may be the one who's there for you because they understand. And we are not all, you know, we are all not far from it. Okay, and there is a link on our website, how to find the right therapist for you. It's from Good Housekeeping of all places. So, <laughs> it's a, you can go, you can link that at latenightlove.us. And
0: sometimes your friend, a friend may need help in 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 making that phone call and making in getting that appointment and deciding on what it can help them decide what technology to use because you have a a couple of different options now
2: and they may need someone to go with them the first time or two yeah even if all you do is sit in the waiting room for an hour bring a book (laughs) you know that might be the greatest gift you've ever given somebody
0: Drive them, yeah,
2: yeah. Whatever, whatever Christmas gift or birthday presents you've given, however great you thought they are, the greatest gift you may ever give somebody is to sit in the waiting room, maybe. take them to their first therapist appointment.
0: and they're going to be a little, yeah, little, little disjointed, a little, little,
2: yeah. off. Don't ask them about uh, what happened. Just, yeah, just go on about well wanna...
0: let them talk if they want to talk
2: and if they don't
0: don't do you want to go out for coffee or do you want to go home yeah you, you know yeah yeah
2: yeah so that's the kind of thing just and let them go with it because they probably won't want to talk about it you know so don't ask would be my suggestion all right so on to lovey's dive into reddit for the night, for the week Oh, we got some good ones tonight. (laughs) Okay, good ones. Yeah, your version of good ones and my version of good ones are not always the same. But all right, let's
0: go. They're Uh, juicy. Okay, here we go. 38-year-old female, 36-year-old male. I almost cheated on my husband. I just couldn't do it to him. Should I tell him or keep it to myself?
2: Shut up. That's actually my answer. Shut up. You haven't actually done anything. So close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Shut up. (laughs) Don't create extra stress for your husband and your relationships because you put yourself in a position to consider something that you ultimately decided not to do. Shut up. It's not worth it. Yeah,
0: you know where you are now. You were tested and now you and. You came through with flying colors. You know where you stand going forward. It's not a deal. But I would suggest taking some time to think about why, how you got to
2: that place. Yeah. Or, or why you ended up putting yourself in that place. You know, it could be, happy. you know, I don't know what there is a background to it. Unless you're out drinking with friends or something. And, you know, who knows? Internet. You know how serious was she really thinking about it? Who you knows? She she's ultimately decided, no, my guess is to to put that energy you were using to kind of look elsewhere and look inwards to your relationship and work on your relationship. There's something broken in your relationship, otherwise you wouldn't have been doing that. At least seriously. Yeah. You know? So work on yourself, work on your relationship. You obviously love your husband. So you know what to work on. You don't need our advice. Just, no, there's no reason to tell them. There's nothing. There's no stories to tell. There's nothing to tell. <laughs> it's like a husband who was, went down and was buying, you know, a sports car and decided, you know, was talking to the, got all to the point where they were talking numbers with the, with the, I said, like, oh, God, she's going to kill me. No, I can't. I'm to go home. <laughs> and you'll never know. <laughs> he was ready to do it. Oh, God, she's going to kill me. Can't do it. And, and <laughs> we've all done it. We've all wanted to do something. I wanted to ride the mechanical bull. I, no, she's gonna kill me. There's people here with cameras, it'll get home. I'm not gonna do it.
0: I would have found out and had a of course,
2: of course I did tell you, but that's just because I'm stupid. So <laughs> I can't believe you were thinking about it. Well, it was for raising money for charity or for campaigns or something. Oh. You know, and it was it would have been fun. But I didn't do it. See what I mean? See, this is why you don't say it, because you're getting in trouble for something you didn't freaking do. (laughs) All right, what's next?
0: Okay, how do I, 22-year-old man, (coughs) explain to my girlfriend, 24-year-old female, that her gift made me disappointed
2: Okay, is there some background on what the gift was?
0: No, this was just a one-shot. This was just a one thing.
2: Man up. It's not the gift. that counts. It's the fact that she was thinking about you. If you're thinking about the gift, you're not mature enough for a relationship. So shut up, man up, and move on. There's my advice. And if it was on the other foot, I'd say the same thing. So.
0: Yeah, you should. What the heck? Someone went out, spent money, or spent time in making something for you. They thought about you, what you might like. They put
2: effort into it, and you're going
0: to be ungrateful?
2: Well, even if they'd spend money, money's time. Money is just a...
0: Money, they worked for it. They (laughs) had to get that money somewhere, you know. yeah, It didn't just materialize.
2: So, unless you work for the government. But... (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, it, it's – my guess is – my thing is, well, why did it disappoint you? Why were you expecting something other than just an expression of love and care at that point? You know, I get it. You don't buy your wife a vacuum for her birthday. You know, that's just stupid. <laughs> so <laughs> – but even that, that's just because men are ignorant. It's not because they don't love their wives. It's just because they're so, – Stupid! Thought you might like it. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> <laughs> which is why, which is why most women, when they get gifts like that, they they accept them from the, you know, they try to accept them from the, you know, from the what's the word, the from, you know, thought that they were given, right?
0: Yeah, but we tell our girlfriends, you know, what he bought me for Christmas. <laughs> I know. Guess, guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, and you can't always. You can't perfectly hide it, but you try, and you know we appreciate it. We really do. We
0: try and hide it
2: because <laughs> we're, we're, we're we're just that ignorant. <laughs> well, yeah, but
0: we. I I always you you make the effort. You made the effort.
2: Yeah, but but did you, you think have, that way at twenty you... five?
0: Yes, I got a microwave for Christmas one time, one year. But also, I was—I
2: was. How old was I? I was twenty-five. Well, I also have to point out that when you're in your couples in your early twenties, there's really no extra money. So if you get a microwave, because we need a microwave, and so now we're getting a microwave. (laughs) (laughs) There is some of that. I don't actually have a money for both. So here you go. We need a new vacuum. You're getting a vacuum for your birthday because our old vacuum is broken (laughs) and I only have money for one thing. So here you go. (laughs) Yeah, we know it's not right, but that's all we can afford because we're trying to keep the lights on. Food in the kitchen and, you know. (laughs) So there is some of that, but of course people in that position generally understand that and that's just appreciative. Because I don't have to use the broom on the floor anymore. So, <laughs> you know.
0: Well, I wanted a microwave, but I didn't want it for Christmas.
2: Well, yeah, but if it got you something else for, for Christmas, guess what you wouldn't have in, in January? A microwave. Oh.
0: <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> That's the problem, right? It's when you're dealing with people with limited funds. It's Sometimes your gifts are practical because there's no choice. Yep. So okay. then anyway, we went way off. Oh, I guess we didn't go off topic there. No. no, no, we didn't.
0: Okay. Okay. What would be wrong of me, thirty four year old female, to tell my husband, thirty seven year old man, that he's that if he's not getting a vasectomy, he'll have to start wearing condoms again?
2: Well, tell your husband. It, it's not wrong for you to have a discussion with your husband about the subject. This is this, no. It's perfectly reasonable discussion to have. Tell your husband is uh, is, it's not going to go well if you try it from that from that angle. So I would just change your perspective. The discussion is perfectly reasonable. You know, even the expectation is perfectly reasonable. (laughs) But try to avoid the telling thing; it won't go well. Have the discussion. Okay. Yeah. So there. Ah, yeah. I just, this is the word tell. That's the only thing I would change is just, just change your tone a little bit. and The discussion will go much better. Very good. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. I, 30 year old male have been using Viagra with my partner, 28 year old female for six months and she doesn't know it. Should I tell her?
2: Why are you using Viagra as a 30 year old male? Is there an actual reason or are you just using it because you think that's, I don't know better that's what i would actually answer is there an actual reason you're using viagra or are you just using it because i don't know you think it's something to do don't use drugs for for that kind of thing unless you absolutely have to that would be my suggestion i don't know what telling her has got to do with it other than that but my concern is you're taking drugs for no reason those things mess with your hormones. There's long-term use of that when you're in your 30s. You know, who knows? It's for old people who have erectile dysfunction. Stop it. <laughs> Just say <saying. laughs> uh, Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's my thing. Like, there's no reason to tell her. It's not like you're you know giving her STDs or something. There's it's it's Viagra. It's not meth or something like that. It's just, I'm just going, why have you been using Viagra? Is there a physical, is there an attraction issue? Is there a physical problem, The actual physical problem? Or did you just read on the internet that it makes sex better and now you've got this habit of using Viagra to get a boner? I don't know what the problem is. So so stop taking Viagra and deal with whatever the other issue is unless it's actual ED. And if it's actual erectile issues, well, then you have a discussion with your partner about your physical health is a reasonable course of action. So my, but my guess is he's not taking it for health reasons. So, okay. And, and so if you're not taking it for health reasons, stop taking it. Okay. All right. We've got parenting questions. Uh,
0: what age is a child old enough to be left in the bathtub alone? I think it really depends on the child four or five, but you check in constantly.
2: Yeah, I think that's the different, the different thing is, is you, you know, when your child is actually old enough to kind of take care of themselves and the child, you, just, you, you learn that through observation of your child. There's no hard set line where you can say this is the age. Each child is going to be different. And then you know how you're going, to, and then as a attentive parent, you know how much attention they need when they are in there alone. Like you know, you're never more than around the corner, you know, six steps away or something. <laughs> you may not be in the bathroom, but you're not actually far. <laughs> you can hear everything that's going on. Maybe even because of an angle of the mirror, you could actually see what's happening in there. You know, there's 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 a wide variety of factors to this.
0: Yeah, and you may be like my youngest daughter in <laughs> heaven bossy little five-year-old who demands that she leaves the room and so she can bathe on her own yeah so
2: you know and then you can you know what sounds to listen to and when you are dealing with children in the bathtubs the sounds you listen to are no sounds right that's the actual sound you're listening for is <laughs> no sound and they're doing something then it's maybe it's not you know maybe it's just making a freaking mess and, you know being quiet because they don't want you to know or maybe they've slipped under the water and you need to get them but even that the lack of sound is your biggest trigger to actually go to the check. So, but anyway, you, you know your own child and, and be safe. Okay.
0: My mother thinks I'm insane for bathing my son when he's sick. I absolutely lost my shit at her when he was covered in vomit and she was telling me not to wash him. It, that is insanity, insanity to me. What do you think? Oh, and the little boy was four. Buck up. You're four years old. Be a man. Clean your own vomit. What's the matter with you? Stop crying.
2: (laughs) Well, it depends, actually, on kind of what the sickness is. There may be times where you just give them a sponge bath, clean them up, and send them back to bed, right? So there's no straight answer. There's just not. Now, you shouldn't leave them covered in vomit, but you may have just walked in, right? So, you know, who knows? Maybe in timing. Just hadn't had a chance to take care of it, so I, I seriously doubt. But their mother, her own mother, is going to leave, <laughs> you know. The, the, nice grandma, well, yeah, but this is the one who raised you, right? This is the one who raised her, so you you know, there's probably some misinterpretation of expectations, which often happens in this type of situation, right? But what they're actually trying to say is, you know, I. It depends. If they've got a fever, you maybe put them in the bath. But other than that, I don't know. I try to make them let them sleep as much as possible. So, but if they get sick all over themselves, yes, you clean them up, but that doesn't necessarily mean a full bone bath. There's other ways to clean. Right. Yeah. So there's no right or wrong answer. There's your answer. So just do what you want and tell your mother to pound sand. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Okay, what's that?
0: Do you regulate what visiting children are eating at all? I always, well, I asked for for allergies if there was allergies for one thing, and then I tried to give a balance of healthy food options and uh, some junk too. I mean, they're allowed to have junk food a little bit—some potato chips, a little bit of candy, have a soda. But you know, I also offer strawberries and, and, you know, jicama and cheese and crackers.
2: They got whatever the other kids were eating. Man, just and I didn't care what my kids did or didn't eat at other people's houses. They get to go experience someone else's house and their culture and their food. You know, that's part of the risk of sending them out in the world. Yeah, they'll be all right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what about when kids came to your house?
2: Okay, we you, you realized kind of the limited food supply we had. You know, we and it was I was a single father parent for a lot of this time. Right when kids were coming over to the house, so the kids would eat whatever the heck we were eating. If they didn't want to eat it, they didn't eat it. We didn't care. But they didn't have no make special. If we had Doritos. they were eating Doritos. If we, were eating, if we had homemade hamburger helper, we were eating homemade hamburger helper. That's what it was. Probably drinking soda if you were thirsty.
0: <laughs> yeah had soda.
2: Yeah. 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 Or, or Kool Aid, you know, which is not much better, quite frankly. There's more sugar in Kool Aid than there is in a soda. So, you know, this is not the caffeine. But no, it's my feeling with this on that is that, you know, it's like traveling, right? You go off to experience. The other thing. Now, unless your child has an allergy, and if your child has an allergy, you they should know how to monitor themselves, otherwise you probably shouldn't be sending them to other people's house. Right? If that's severe allergy like that. Yes. So but no, if someone had a severe allergy, of course I would deal with it. I would, you know. But luckily we never had to deal with anybody who had a severe allergy. So So no, I didn't regulate it. I didn't regulate what my children ate at other people's houses okay it was just you know, it's part of the fun mixed loving like experience of you know going to other people's houses is getting to kind of experience their culture uh, yeah yeah
0: you know. other families
2: yeah, yeah it's yeah it's part of what that is all right what do we got next
0: our four-year-old daughter is always angry how do we help her deal with her emotions
2: well she's four <laughs> now I four years old usually have kind of tommed through the the terrible twos it's the terrible twos and three when they used to, to temper their emotions so she's probably a little bit behind um, and I can't remember what the heck you actually physically what you did in, in order to help them with their emotions it's been so long since I've been toddlers
0: I try to get them to breathe and I know you're angry right now let's talk about it why are you so angry? Yeah. Well, that you're very disappointed. I'm sorry he took your
2: toy from you. Because at four, the problem is you don't want to reward them for their anger, right? That's actually one of the little fun things you don't want to do. And so it's it, you want so acknowledging their emotions is required, right? You have to acknowledge it. They can't move past it until someone's acknowledged their emotions. But you also can't reward it, and so that's the tough line to walk, right? Mm-hmm. Is how how do you acknowledge their emotions because they're real? You can't deny them, and because that's counterproductive but without rewarding them. And then what they do is they learn over time that it's not productive, and they learn to channel it into different directions. And you can help them channel it into different directions. If you've got a boy, I don't know, go play catch with them or something. Make him throw stuff. yeah yeah dance something to get that energy out because that's what one thing you can actually do is, is energy is anger is easily transferable to energy and so use it use the energy that would be my suggestion help them transfer the anger into energy
0: if four years old she's not too young to get her in a little taekwondo class
2: Taekwondo's, dancing, tap dancing, anything to d- channel that energy. You know, go practice your dancing. To practice your dancing. For our my autistic artist, son, autistic son, we used to have him push walls. Let's go push the wall and help him channel his energy. Help him focus on doing something else. Mm-hmm. So, just change the energy focus, yeah, and they eventually get bored of doing whatever the the energy focus thing is doing it, and they learn how to transfer the energy themselves. But at the start, you have to help them. Okay.
0: Okay, we're gonna do sex questions
2: next. Okay.
0: Okay. All right, female. Feel horny first few minutes after wake up in the morning. How creepy is it to allow my partner, male. To start sex with me while I'm still asleep.
2: Well, it's not creepy if you want it. <laughs> it might be creepy to him, but it's not. <laughs> but it's not creepy if you want it. It's just I don't even know if, how weird it is because waking up horny in the morning is not unusual. So if you want, there's nothing creepy about it if you want it, and and he wants it. So have fun, I guess. <laughs> yeah, enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That's not so creepy.
0: There's nothing
2: new yeah. under the sun. Yeah, there's nothing. There's there's nothing creepy if everybody wants it. That's nah, so there. Okay, all right. What's next? Yeah.
0: Okay. My boyfriend wants a foot job. I never heard of it before. What the heck is it?
2: Okay. Um. But I can. I don't have to. Manual stimulation with your feet of his uh gentleman sausage. And I don't get it either. But hey. People like the feet. So some people like the feet. So knock it out. If you're up for it. You want
0: tips, go to Pornhub. You type in foot job and give a selection. You can, they can give you some little videos on what you want to do. Make some, make your choices.
2: Yeah. The internet's a wonderful thing. There's just, uh, yeah, just Google it. (laughs) Turn off, turn off the the safe search and Google it. You'll be fine. (laughs) And, you know, hey, if you don't want to, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But he felt safe enough with you to ask. So you're doing something right in your relationship. So, And and there's worse things in the world for him to be kinky about the your feet. So maybe even consider yourself a little lucky. Give it the old college try ones. See what happens. All right.
0: Okay. My 32-year-old male wife, 27-year-old female wants to include other men in the bedroom after we had a male female female threesome but i'm not comfortable i ha- i talked her into trying it once now what do i do
2: well my guess is she did something for you that she wasn't comfortable with so guess what sunshine is now time for you to put on your big boy or take off your big boy pants <laughs> <laughs> You can't get squishy now, did? Sorry. That's not how these things actually work in the real world. You know, if you wanted to, should have thought about this potentiality existing when you asked the other one.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And uh, now that the shoe's on the other foot, you're not so sure about how this, this thing goes. Well, hey, you know what? The worst thing in the world that you're actually fearful of is that you'll enjoy it not that she will so but i've got little sympathy for you in this particular situation so, <laughs> you did this to yourself dude. You, you did this to yourself and so you know maybe spend some time and you getting comfortable with it you know maybe that's what your answer is give me a week to kind of work myself to get comfortable
0: okay with it. and here's an idea come up what are you actually afraid of are you afraid of You know, you're going to have penis-to-penis contact. What exactly are you afraid of? And then
2: address those concerns. Well, no, I have no sympathy for you. You didn't mind boob-to-boob contact. Well, guess what, sunshine? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I just don't have much sympathy. No, you don't. I'm a little more forgiving <laughs> over here. <laughs> I'm kind of I talked her into it, and now she's trying to talk me into her version of it. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. This
1: <laughs> is. <laughs> It's not
2: so hot now, is it? (laughs) She she took one for the team for you. Well, now it's time for you to take one for the team. That's kind of what I've got on that one. You know, get yourself comfortable with it. And you should have thought about that before, because, you know, once you start down that road, you start down that road and you're going to have to, you know, take it where it leads. the fact that you didn't contemplate that beforehand, it's on you, not on her. So... <laughs> and yeah, no, I don't have much sympathy for him in this thing.
0: You had your fun. It's your turn. Well,
2: it's, she may have had fun, which was why she wants to try it a different way. You know, hey, that was kind of cool, that thing. Let's try it a different thing. Or maybe... She should have expressed the fact that she was going to ask. For Maybe she knew that she was, Hey, I'd like to do it. And now I can ask him later on. And you know, who knows relationships work like that sometimes. And so she may have known all along that she was going to ask for this after you asked for the other way, but I still have no sympathy. <laughs> Cause you reap what you sow and you, you went down a road and now you're not happy with the road led, but, I don't know. The road was lined with, you know, warning signs and lights. And you just chose to ignore them. So I've got no sympathy. I'm just not.
0: Oh. <laughs> All right. Do we have time for one more?
2: Oh, we can make time for one more.
0: Okay. This lady is thinking ahead. If my boyfriend, or if it could be a date that I like, gets an orgasm very fast, what should I say or do to comfort him as opposed to embarrass him?
2: Nothing. They don't need to be comforted. They just need to be not embarrassed. That's all. That's it. The most kindest thing you could actually do is
0: nothing. You don't say anything? No. It's okay? No. You just
2: sit there in silence? Well... Because bringing it up is going to be more embarrassing than trying. Well, don't you want to talk about it? No! (laughs) (laughs) Talk about what? Your feelings!
0: No! That's
2: the last thing we want to talk about at that moment. Right? Because at that moment, you're going, you wish you are 19 because it doesn't matter. You can just go again. Just keep going. doesn't matter. But, you know, the older you get, that's no longer a a viable option. So, (laughs) right? When you're young, it doesn't matter. Really, literally, it doesn't matter. You just keep going. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) But, you know, that ends at about 25. So, (laughs) So,
0: yes, I know. I've been paying attention.
2: So. Anyway. <sighs>
0: yeah. Okay. The, the, A hug?
2: That's just making it embarrassing. Oh, no hug. Well, what are you hugging him for? Like some tragedy has happened or something. You're making it embarrassing. Oh. <laughs> Should we
0: just like hand tissues
2: or something? Just treat it like it ended normally. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, not all sex is always great. You, what do you do? Well, that sucks. You No, you just kind of treat it you know, as, you know, good, right?
0: Well, I, well, generally after sex comes a period of cuddling. So, you, uh, okay, so he premature ejaculates, so you start to cuddle him.
2: You just do what you would normally do at the end of sex. Whatever your normal end of sex routine is for you as a couple, you just do that. Because that's all it is. But, all it, but all it is, you She said if it's a
0: date, what if he's new?
2: Well, then you just end sex like you would normally end sex at the end of a date.
0: Thanks. That was great.
2: There's nothing to do. You can't say that. No. but
0: You can't. What are you going to say? I had a good time. You can't as we a woman, again?
2: You as a woman, don't say anything you treated as normally as possible and let them take the lead. They're all, they're, they're, oh, okay. Oh, I can do that. You don't have to do anything. That's my that's my point. Is just let it be.
0: So you kind of key off of him, his reaction.
2: Right, because because okay. la- trying to comfort him is actually just going to bring attention to something he's already understands. Right. It, 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 what if he
0: starts apologizing?
2: Well, then you react how you would normally react. You know, hopefully it's with kindness and empathy, but. <laughs> <laughs> the, the worst thing you can do is make it a bigger deal, right? Ah. So, you know. That's all. Okay. Just try not to make it the big deal, because it really shouldn't be. Right? Yeah.
0: So it's
2: just a thing that happens. Yeah. It's just a thing that happens. And treat it such such. You, if it's a long-term relationship, just end sex. It just means sex was short that time. You know, gay, you got more time for cuddling or for, you know, having a coffee afterwards, whatever it is you normally do. <laughs> you know, got more time. We got more time for Johnny Carson. You know, who knows?
1: <laughs>
2: I you, I'm old enough to remember Johnny Carson. I just dated my audience. ourselves. The audience. <laughs> but, but, but you know what I mean? You Just treat it like normal. You know, and hopefully it's not a overly routine thing if it's an overly routine thing then maybe discuss it as a erectile dysfunction issue or something right and that's maybe when the viagra from earlier discussion comes into play or something like that but as otherwise there's not much to do because quite frankly that kind of thing shouldn't be a defining factor in your relationship anyway and so don't let it be okay all right that is it for us tonight. We wanna to thank you for joining us. Me and Lubby, we will be here next week. Do we have any plans for next week's uh theme just yet, Libby? Self-care. Oh, next week is self-care. So be here. Make sure to to join us. With that from me and Lubby, thank you for being here. Please remember to love everybody. Good.